This is Movies on TV Podcast Industries. We're back at the cinema for The Marvels. Higher, further, faster, baby. That's right. Welcome back, fellow defenders, to Movies on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about The Marvels, the 34th movie in the MCU. I am one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow defenders. I am your other host, John. Yes, welcome to the Movies Podcast Mm -hmm. uh, and The Marvels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally back at the cinema after uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I think was the last MCU movie, and uh, Ant-Man Quantumania this year. Yeah, at least for the MCU. Yes. yes. Yeah. And this time with three major characters, plus Nick Fury, uh, from the MCU. We've got uh, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and Spectrum, I guess, is her uh, legitimate name. But there is a good joke in here about the fact that uh, Monica Rambeau doesn't really have a superhero name. No. And uh, I love that Kamala Khan is trying to figure out what her name would be. Of course. Uh, we get lots of suggestions from her. Throughout the course of the movie, yeah. yeah. This was great. Um, it was great being back uh, to see such like a fun movie, mm-hmm. but also just really fast-paced, really action-packed. Uh, no hanging around. Um, and I guess as well, it, it really uh, felt like that just because, you know, we finished off season two of Loki, mm-hmm. where, you know, that format of TV took a long time to get to sort of the final episode in my mind with a lot of yeah. uh, techno talk uh, and a lot of exposition mm-hmm. uh, so this was really good a fast-paced movie um, and i just love that it drew in these three characters uh, and their worlds uh, with monica rambeau carol danvers and her beef with the Cree, mm-hmm. uh, as well as kamala khan and her family and just her youthful exuberance mm-hmm. you know absolutely and uh, just it was brilliant yeah. it was really good really good fun really good fun we are gonna of course talk about the, the movie in spoiler-filled detail. So if you haven't got to see it, uh, we do recommend going and checking it out. It's a great fun time at the movie. Definitely go check it out. It's only an hour and a half. Uh, you won't uh, be wasting a huge amount of your time if you don't like it. <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. Yes. Uh, if you are uh, joining us for this movie's podcast over on TV Podcast Industries and you're new to uh, hearing our dulcet tones, mm-hmm. uh, then please uh, head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice uh, if you like what you hear as well we have been covering a ton of tv shows mm-hmm. uh, over on our multiple feeds or our main feed uh, as well uh, such as we've just finished uh, loki season two mm-hmm. we've literally just finished uh, the spin-off of the boys gen v yep. we are covering at the moment the bloody comic book superhero uh, animation invincible mm-hmm. uh, and of course throughout the year we have been covering uh, as derek said the other marvel movies quantum mania as well as guardians of the galaxy 3 absolutely and um, a whole host of other stuff that you can find over on our website and of course probably quite relevant to this uh, podcast we also covered secret invasion which was nick fury's uh, entry into the mcu tv shows uh, we've covered captain marvel we've covered every episode of miss marvel and of course wandavision so if you're checking back on the history of these characters uh, that you're watching 
mentioned in this movie, uh, join us for those podcasts as well. Um, so you'll have lots and lots of uh, discussions with us about all those shows. Yeah. And if you like what you hear, of course, please subscribe mm-hmm. and, of course, share the podcast. Because sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing, sharing the, the love. love. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. We are also over on patreon.com forward slash tv podcast industries or buymeacoffee.com forward slash tvpi where you can support us as well over there if you so desire and if you want to get in contact with us you can always email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com pop on over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries join us there we always have spoiler posts up for everything that we're covering but always free to chat about anything uh, that we've been covering as well so uh, check us out over there as well uh, and yeah. let's get into the podcast podcast about the marvels definitely derek what are some of the movie details well the movie was directed by nia da costa interestingly and this is probably a bit shocking for anybody who doesn't know her previous work uh, most recently she was the writer and director for the Candyman reboot uh, in 2021 well actually i think the term is a requel so it's kind of follows on from the previous movies but uh, kind of reboots uh, the the universe i guess uh, it's a really good horror movie uh, but yeah. interesting that that's her that's her previous major credit before coming into to uh, this this uh, Marvel's movie. Yeah, good stuff. Moving from horror into uh, action comedy yeah. and superhero movies. Uh, good good move. Yeah, and she's also one of the writers on the movie. Nita Costa wrote it with uh, Megan McDonnell and Alyssa Karasik. Um, Megan wrote two episodes of WandaVision and uh, Alyssa Karasik wrote the second episode of Loki season one as well. So uh, they have dipped their toes into the Disney Plus MCU as well. So uh, bringing that knowledge with them to the Marvels, uh, yeah. which makes a lot of sense given uh, where we've got a lot of the characters from. Of course, Miss Marvel coming from Disney Plus and um, Monica Rambeau, mostly seen in one division. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent. John, would you like to give us your synopsis for the Marvels or would you like to sing it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I might speak it. Okay. Uh, despite what we got from the singing planet of Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm bilingual in this. Case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Well, I guess, do you want to give us your regular synopsis for the Marvel's job? Sure. The collapse of the supreme intelligence leads to a civil war among the Kree species in their homeworld of Hala. The conflict renders the planet barren as it loses its air, water, and their sun begins to die. Darben, the new leader of the Kree, retrieves one half of the quantum bands, of which Kamala Khan has the other half. Darben harnesses the power of the band and pairs it with her staff, the universal weapon, to tear apart a jump point in space with the aim of stripping the resources required from planets linked to the Annihilator a.k.a. Carol Danvers, to repair her homeworld of Haller. The resulting anomaly is discovered by the Strategic Aerospace Biophysics and Exolinguistic Response, or SABER. Meanwhile, Nick Fury, now residing at the SABER space station, calls in Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau to investigate a joint point anomaly near the space station. When Rambo touches it, she, Danvers, and Kamala Khan switch places through teleportation. The switching causes the three to fight each other's Kree enemies, leaving the Khan's house destroyed in their wake. As the three women return to their original places, Fury and Rambeau visit Kamala Khan on Earth. As Kamala eagerly demonstrates her powers, she switches places with Danvers. The group surmises that the light-based powers of Danvers, Rambeau and Khan are linked through quantum entanglement, and that they switch places when any of them use their powers at the same time. 
The three join up at a Skrull refugee colony on the planet Tarnax, where talks with the Kree and about resettlement have dissolved. Darben rips open another jump point, which siphons the atmosphere of Tarnax into Halla to try and restore its air. After a hasty effort to evacuate the colony, Danvers, Rambeau and Khan form a team informally referred to by Khan as the Marvels. <laughs> Danvers informs the others of the legend that the quantum bands had been used to create joint point transportation network. The three became entangled due to their mutual contact with its energy when Dan- when Darben disrupted it. With Darben's repeated rupturing of joint points causing instability to the network and endangering the universe. Darben reaches the planet Aladna, where she tears open a joint point to draw the ocean water into Halla. Her final plan is to take the energy of Earth's sun to restore that of Halla. The Marvels fight and subdue Darben, but she steals Khan's band and uses both bracelets in conjunction to tear open another hole in space. The effort in doing so destroys Darben and leaves behind an opening into the multiverse. After Khan reclaims the bands, she and Danvers use their combined powers to energize Rambeau, allowing her to close the hole from the other side, but leaving her stranded in the process in the other universe. Danvers flies into Halla's sun and uses her power to restore it. The short-lived team-up with Danvers and Rambeau inspires Khan to seek out other heroes and form a new group, starting with Kate Bishop. <gasps> In a mid credit scene, Monica Rambeau awakens in a parallel universe where she is greeted by an alternate version of her mother, Maria, and the mutant Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Beast of the X-Men. Wow, the introduction of the X-Men finally here in um, the Marvels. In yeah, the post -credit absolutely. Scene. That yeah. was uh, a nice surprise in the mid-credits scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And interestingly, Beast still at least voiced by Kelsey Grammer. It looked like a very different body type um, than he had, had so. in the X-Men uh, movies uh, when he appeared before as Beast. But uh, but what an interesting choice to have him in there. Yes, the intellectual Fraser Crane is yes. the Beast. The intellectual also, Beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I was really um, surprised that it was Kelsey Grammer voicing it, but mm -hmm. really pleased because, uh, gosh, it takes me back to the early noughties. Uh, with that character coming in, uh, yeah. played by Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he also references that there is a Charles Xavier here as well. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, so hopefully we'll be seeing uh, Charles Xavier back uh, in the X-Men whenever that comes around. But, of course, that is the post credit scene for the movie. We'll be talking about everything to do with the movie, yeah. probably including that again uh, as we get closer to us towards the end of the movie. But what we normally do is pick out our major points from the movie uh, to discuss them, uh, hopefully covering off everything we want to talk about within the Marvels. Let's start out with the whole reason for this movie existing, really, the master plan of Darben, the new leader of the Kree. Um, so it looks like Darben has taken over after the AI um, leader of the Kree was destroyed by Carol Danvers in the first Captain Marvel movie, right? Yeah. Um, that was played by Annette Bening, um the it AI was, leader. Yeah, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it was kind of interesting, this. Um, I actually, the, the, the part I really enjoyed about this was just the fact that Carol Danvers was to the Kree known as the Annihilator. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and you see it throughout the movie um, with her saying, I hate that name. Yeah. But a name that for the Kree is absolutely meaningful. So I kind of like that discomfort that was 
uh, apparent with Carol Danvers yeah. by being called that because we're coming in to this movie not really as thinking Carol Danvers as being some kind of anti-hero mm-hmm. but it, it's just that other perspective and I thought that it was done really well because yeah. in trying to free them to do something good she ultimately unleashed this civil war mm-hmm. uh, which ripped apart um, the the Kree Empire with you know the technology that they have and seemingly had destroyed their home planet of Halla. And so, you know, you see um, kind of flashbacks to Carol Danvers coming in and taking out the artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. seeing Darben, you know, being sort of knocked to the ground by Carol Danvers. And you can you got the sense from Darben that sort of long-standing resentment, the vengeance here. Mm-hmm. And to that plan, it's that the different planets where she is trying to restore um, her planet Halo in terms of a breathable atmosphere and where she's trying to sort of have the oceans uh, brought back Mm -hmm. and water returned to Halo as well as then to fix their dying sun, Mm -hmm. which is effectively making her planet um, uninhabitable. And she's targeting associations or planets directly in particular with earth at the end and that have direct connections to the annihilator well every one of them yeah i suppose you know interestingly this kind of does feed off um secret invasion we learned in that tv show hopefully you're not spoiling anything if you haven't watched that but we learned in that tv show that um nick fury and carol danvers had made a promise that they would find a new planet for the scroll who were living on earth here we have a planet where some of the scrolls are living, um, where Carol Danvers has has put them. Um, and as the whole story uh, feeds out throughout the whole movie, like we do get this initially called out as she is the annihilator, and then the story kind of feeds out across the movie. But we find out that because of what Carol Danvers has done to the Cree homeworld, she feels total responsibility for that. So that is now her new purpose. It's the reason why she hasn't gone back yeah. to help save the scrolls. She has been protecting this planet that has scroll on it, and that's why Darben targets that one first because it does have a direct connection it's one of the reasons why she targets it first it has a direct connection to carol danvers yeah and this also has that connection to secret invasion Mm -hmm. where uh this is the other grouping of scroll that weren't on earth and were were, uh, trying to form a a new uh community Mm -hmm. of scroll on another planet and aided by carol danvers with i think emperor drove so you see him here with his crown on Mm -hmm. um and yeah i like i really kind of enjoyed just that simplicity of darben's role in this movie Mm -hmm. i thought it was really good and i I think just uh linking into you know this history of what carol danvers had done like you absolutely very quickly got um you know her motivation and i think that's to the credit of this movie at an hour and a half it gave you what you needed to know for the movie it was very efficient yeah yeah, (laughs) but it didn't need to do anything else and it really took me back to you know kind of 80s movies that really 100 yeah you know standalone did their thing and not having to overcomplicate it or even you know sometimes the overcomplication can um you know link into having to connect these movies with one another and now to the uh tv shows on disney plus but this felt connected 
but also really standalone and and really quick. Yeah, I do. I do wonder for people who haven't watched all the TV shows, was it a bit too quick at times? Um, they do gloss over a lot of things, bringing everybody in really quickly. Uh, I think it worked really well. It didn't dwell on a lot of things, but. Yeah. As we, as you can see, even from this first point, there's so many connections in here to uh, things that we've seen in uh, in Secret Invasion, of course, with Monica Rambeau and the relationship with Carol Danvers. Why Carol Danvers didn't come back all those years that Monica Rambeau was growing up without her mother. That's all uh, discussed, which we'll talk about in a second um, with the other characters. But they're all in there. It's all in there. It's all um, available if you want to look for it. Yeah. But it doesn't. It isn't necessary to enjoy the movie, so they don't dwell too much on it. But I think uh, the reference to an eighties action movie is really accurate that's exactly what it feels like here there's uh, it just moves really fast it's not dwelling on anything it's setting up your bad guy here darben and then it's going to set up the heroes that will take out darben that's uh, that's that is the purpose of the movie and it runs right through it uh, as quickly as it can <laughs> Yeah, and the actor Zoe Ashton, who plays Darben, mm-hmm. linked uh, and is the partner to Loki, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yes. So, yeah, kind of coming off the back of the end of uh, season two of Loki. Yeah. Um, it's a big then, weekend for them with the, yeah, with the finale of Loki and abs- the premiere of, uh, of the Marvels in one weekend for their household. Absolutely, <laughs> but no real kind of connection to Loki season two from what I could see. You know, mm-hmm. it is primarily through WandaVision with Monica Rambeau, to Miss Marvel Mm -hmm. with Kamala Khan, and then Carol Danvers to the other movies and so on. And then a little bit of Secret Invasion, as we we said. Uh, Again, you know, it's very difficult to align all these things together. You know, making a movie takes much longer in most senses than making the TV shows, although the Marvel TV shows do take a long time and a lot of money to make as well. But, um, But lining them up to make sure that people have seen the shows and the movies in the right order is always uh, a difficulty. So uh, I think they've avoided that quite well here, but it is there. If you want to go back and watch the movies and go back and watch the TV shows that they're connected to, you'll pick up uh, other stuff, uh, particularly within this overarching storyline within Darben. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, Shall we move on to our second point? Uh, Getting the band or bands together again absolutely absolutely yeah really really enjoyed the efficiency with which they bring in each of these characters and the fun which how they bring all these characters in we start out the movie with kamala khan and they're definitely taking references from how she was handled in miss marvel and we see Kamala drawing uh, images of herself and Carol Danvers together being besties. You know, this is her dream member of the Avengers, the one that she loves most of all of the Avengers. And we have that animated sequence almost of the two of them being best friends and how they how their meeting should go together. Uh, I thought that was great. And really, Aman Vellani, once again, an absolute showstopper. She's yeah. just tearing up the scenery every time she's on, on screen as this really excitable, yeah, really absolutely. happy, brand new hero who's got her powers and she's finally getting the notice of people like Nick Fury, people like Carol Danvers, you know? Uh, people yeah. are, are finally seeing who she is and she is so excited to work with them all. Yeah, um, I loved it. The energy that um, she brings is just superb. I mean, I think Iman Vellani is just superb. She's here. a treasure. Like, she really is. Yep. Um, <laughs> I just think the whole sort of ethos of this character is so well portrayed by mm-hmm. her and just the energy the buzz um in, in, in a sense almost like youthful naivety as well yeah. you know and excitement about being involved is just superb mm-hmm. um, and i just loved how you know when she first meets nick fury even is you know whatever about carol danvers she's kind of yeah. like are you nick fury you know and as you say 
Gradually, he sees her pulling her weight, being involved, working with Rambo mm -hmm. and with Carol, and he sees her value. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, know, you know, just to put it into that kind of, I guess, more objective thing of, you know, Nick Fury, agent of saber i guess mm. and and shield yep. and sword and all these different things she's never an agent of sword i have to say that he was never involved in sword no okay sorry. <laughs> um but equally i do think that you know her family as well has oh, yes. really good billing here and i absolutely uh loved having her mom dad and brother back here mm -hmm. as well yep. um you know we didn't get to see any of her friends from the tv show yeah but i think again for efficiency they're just you know they're focusing on the family and again yeah. i love her mother uh, i just love um the motherness of her speaking with um kamala yeah. her daughter i love the fact that you know in one of the fights you see her mom jumping uh to protect her husband mm -hmm. as well uh against one of the kree soldiers that they're fighting yeah. um it was just really, really good. Um, but you can and tell how well they worked together during the series. And we said, you know, that yeah. while Aman Valani is absolutely the center of that show, her family and the support and how they're written around her were really important to making the success of Miss Marvel, why it was such a good show. Mm -hmm. So bringing them in here felt really important to have them still involved in her and her life. As she kind of moves on towards the end of the movie, we do have much more growth for Kamala in this movie as she starts to become more of a superhero but having them there beside her still having that relationship with her brother where while he loves her of course he's gonna uh, he's gonna um, make some jokes at her expense as yeah. well that's great fun but that opening moment where we have the post credit scene from Miss Marvel where Carol Danvers suddenly appears in her house and Kamala is thrown into space replacing Monica Rambeau and she suddenly appears at the space station in front of <laughs> Nick Fury going, in space yeah and, and and suddenly sees Nick Fury and goes is this a test to get into the Avengers oh my god this is awesome <laughs> yeah absolutely um, so I really and it's that. also the shock of her mom as Carol Danvers comes down the stairs uh -huh. in in her house and it's just like I just loved all of this yeah. uh, I thought it was so well played and I know we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later in this point but just the whole switching of Oh, powers amazing um some of the footage was phenomenal mm -hmm. um but i loved seeing kamala and her family here again i actually just felt they really they brought that heart and i think so did monica rambeau as well in terms of you know the baggage that needed to be unpacked with carol but mm -hmm. also still you know that emotional loss you know a different emotional beat from Monica Rambeau yeah, that absolutely. was brought here. So really two different kind of emotional beats that were brought uh, together um, through this this partnership, yeah. the Marvels being created, you know, this band, um, I thought was really good. And, you know, importantly around Kamala is that cosmic band that she got from her nana mm -hmm. um, is the same as the one found by Darben yeah. on that planet and is being used to open up these jump points that we have seen in mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. these hexagonal jump points in order to effectively 
pull whatever is needed by Halla from uh, from one planet to Halla, yeah. so that it kind of restocks the atmosphere mm-hmm. or the oceans and, and all that with yeah. the water and the air and stuff. So, and it's a, yeah, it's a really interesting idea, isn't it? Because we've seen the jump points, as you say, in Guardians of the Galaxy most often. Uh, we saw them in Captain Marvel as well, but it's a really interesting idea because effectively she's opening up a hole in them, pulling things through and leaving them open for a long time, whereas in the past we've seen people jump through them and then the the uh, jump point closes behind the ship effectively so this is the damage that she's doing when she's opening up these holes and allowing them to stay open for too long it's causing these kind of rips uh in in the galaxy so uh, that's a really interesting uh, idea um you did mention that none of the uh, none of the friends appeared in the movie, but I do like there is a moment uh, where Kamala's in the middle of a fight and goes, my God, Nakia's mind would, would be blown if she saw me doing that. Well, and, yeah. and Nakia's one of her best friends uh, in the TV show. So she does call it out. So again, you know, having these characters so recently from the Miss Marvel TV show moving into the movies, you know, they probably brought a lot of that along with them, you know, a lot of their uh, ideas and the and the characterization that they brought to the TV show. And that is still the same house oh, that they had in the TV show. It's not like they moved into, into a different place. So I love that they kept all of that. So it feels like almost for the first time, this movie is a direct sequel to Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, you could watch Miss Marvel and then turn this on directly afterwards to see the continuation of the story. And I think, like you say, you know, the growth that she has, I mean, she really steps up in this partnership and mm-hmm. actually is the one trying to kind of bring them together Absolutely. because she can sense the you know, the unresolved issues between uh, Carol and Monica, mm-hmm. but equally there's growth for her family who end up on the Sabre uh, space station as well Absolutely. with Nick Fury. Interestingly, that Sabre acronym, wow, is it a mouthful. Um, <laughs> it it doesn't is. quite feel right to me, but nonetheless it is what it is, and I'm sure it's from the comics well, a little callback to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show when Agent Coulson is telling um, Grant Ward the acronym for S.H.I.E.L.D. and asks him what it means. And he goes, um, I think somebody was really trying to spell out the word S.H.I.E.L.D. in the same way somebody was trying to spell out the word Sabre here with, uh, with their words. That's how it worked in Marvel as well. They start out with the uh, with the name, the acronym, and then add some uh, words that kind of get close to what they are. And that's Monica. That's where she's working now. She had in the past worked for S.W.O.R.D. Uh, back in Division. She's now working out in space with Nick fury uh, using her powers uh, to help them uh, develop the space station improve the space station so that they can track these threats from other galaxies yeah and um, this is i suppose t- again tying in with secret invasion the idea from nick fury is that he wasn't able to prevent the attack from thanos so the reason why he's out here on the space station is because he's looking for ways to protect the earth from extraterrestrial threats so yeah uh, this is his big plan and, and now monica's working with him yeah and here is where they first spot this anomaly within the jump points mm-hmm. uh, the jump point closest to earth yeah uh, and have monica go out to investigate it yeah. ultimately yeah uh, and i will say you know after i haven't watched um captain marvel recently we saw it about a couple of weeks ago um you know i think there is a little emotional moment there when you hear nick talking to carol danvers and he brings in Monica to the conversation. And effectively, Carol Danvers is hearing the voice of the adult Monica Rambeau for the first time because yeah. Monica disappeared in the snap. So all that time that Captain Marvel was working with the Avengers on Earth, she wouldn't have been there. Monica was already gone. So this is the first time Carol is connecting with effectively her niece, her best yeah. friend's daughter. And in Captain Marvel, she's just a young girl exactly so yeah yeah it, it, this was really good i like this baggage you know it was monica's well 
where have you been, Carol? And mm-hmm. effect- effectively, we find out she's been fighting her own demons, in a sense, out on her own in her spaceship, uh, both in terms of trying to find uh, and help the scroll mm-hmm. that have been displaced by the Kree, but also weighing heavily on her is what she created on Halla with the Kree Civil War. Yeah. And she wants to fix all of these things, and until that's done, she feels she needs to be out in space to help uh, both the Kree and the scroll. She's focused on the scroll because the Kree, in effect, don't want her help because mm-hmm. they see her as the destroyer, the annihilator. So, exactly. you know, I like the fact that there's kind of a guilt here to Carol mm-hmm. isolating herself away from Earth and Absolutely. away from Monica. Yeah. And Monica's going, you never even came back to me after my mama died and I'd returned after the snap. You never even came back to, um, to help me during yeah. that time. And even when her mother was dying of cancer, um, we see that there is a moment that Carol came back and was talking to uh, Maria uh, out in the porch when she tells her that the cancer is coming back and it's it looks like it's terminal. Um, Carol then leaves and doesn't come back. Yeah. So uh, so I thought that was quite interesting that um, that relationship between the two and why it is that Carol is no is not coming back to Earth because yeah. she can't come back with the mantle of annihilator she wants to come back as the superhero carol danvers yeah to take she's care worried of about yeah. what monica will think of her yeah. having this this name this moniker from the crees mm-hmm. uh, so yeah you know it, it it's kind of complicated and i kind of liked how carol in a sense i you feel initially when these three are together um you know she is detached yeah. there is that awkwardness that tension between mm-hmm. uh monica and carol and kamala's emotional skills um she completely sees that it's there yeah um and i i like that because i i think brie larson does uh give off that sense of almost a little bit of frostiness at the start yes yeah. um, you feel she just doesn't want any involvement here and mm-hmm. um, she works alone she wants to work yeah, alone that's exactly. it she doesn't want to be part of this team you know uh even when she was a member of the, the avengers it was come in do my job get out it wasn't hang around you know there was always that thing with carol danvers um so i do like that we have kamala khan here constantly trying to impress carol danvers her favorite superhero trying to be besties with her we have monica kind of slipping twinsies twinsies fact. absolutely but we have monica kind of sliding into that that parenthood role uh, for kamala she seems really protective of her uh, as she's learning how to use these powers between the three of them um it seems like monica is the one that's trying to make sure that, that kamala doesn't get hurt but they have to keep her safe because she's the one with the band that's what darben wants but uh, monica's slipping into that role carl's kind of retreating almost until yeah. they're all pulled together the three of them have to work together to learn how to use this new switching power um it took me a while to get to guess what was happening and again i think it's a strength of the movie in some ways it doesn't really tell you what's happening with the switching powers it allows you to learn it through the characters I kind of was wondering, you know, every time they lose, they use their powers, um, they're switching and you're going, oh, well, that means they can't use their powers at all. They're going to have to overcome being a hero without using their powers. But actually, it's just if one uses it at the same exact moment as another one of the three of them uses their powers, then they switch. So they're able to train together to work out how to use them best. The one, yeah. two, three, go. Um, yeah, exactly. Which is another great joke. Yeah. If we we're going to go on three, why did you say go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, and But that was really good, you know, just seeing them trying to sort of understand it and to almost get the the this automatic sort of response that, that you know, when they use their powers, 
they could and more than likely will jump and they have to be ready to and you know they're trying it through catching a tennis ball yeah but go it and be doing something completely different from what you know they could even be facing the wrong way yeah uh, and i like this and i i thought that whole fight with the the cree and the three of them switching primarily focused around kamala's house but yes. also you have it <laughs> in the space station with nick fury yeah. and you have it on a cree ship uh somewhere out in in the galaxy yeah i thought this was just so so good i absolutely loved this and i mean it, it's it's ha- kind of going on for i would say a good five minutes yeah, yeah. Uh, of of time you know evolving kamala's family when it's in the family house uh, involving nick fury when it's on the space station yeah. and i really like this because i mean you know th- there are genuine moments where kamala has just really met carol and monica mm-hmm. yet she's suddenly being transported onto a Cree ship yeah. uh, as the powers are being used. And I well, love... technically, she hasn't met either of them well, at all. True. She just keeps switching yeah. with them. Um, you know, there's even just that moment when her parents are telling her Carol Danvers was in the house and she's going, what do you mean I missed Carol Danvers? <laughs> yeah, doesn't true. really understand the switching part at this point. But I, having watched the six episodes of Miss Marvel being placed in this house, it's almost like it's getting trashed in front Absolutely. of your eyes and you're going hang on a second what's what's happening here with this home that we've we've spent so much time in uh, it's absolutely getting destroyed we have uh, one of the kree getting thrown up through the floor through the roof out of the house uh, by uh, captain marvel and then when she uses her powers again ms marvel suddenly appears back in there uh, to continue the fight against the kree uh, really enjoyed how that all played out it led to some good comedy moments as well uh, i love that the fight all ends with monica and Carol Danvers in the house with Nick Fury, and uh, Kamala is out in space. So Carol tries to fly off to save her so that she doesn't use her powers, tries to fly off and save her, uses her powers just as Miss Marvel uses hers, and she's now falling from the sky. And suddenly, Monica Rambeau has to learn how to fly, effectively. Nick Fury telling her, you need to learn how to fly right now, or else this kid's going to die. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Love the, the... idea of bringing that in as the comedy moments and also the action moments bringing in them using their switching powers it was fantastic really yeah. really enjoyed it definitely definitely yeah. it was really good and just to reference again the 80s movie styling of this of course as they learn how to work together uh, through their powers we do get a great montage you mentioned the uh, the tennis ball as their way of working out how to switch between each other, throwing the tennis ball in the air, switching, and then somebody else catches the ball. Thought that was really good. And then jump rope uh, as they're as they're learning how to switch properly between uh, each of the three of them. Thought that was really good fun and how it's uh, how it's um, failing sometimes and eventually starts to work. Uh, that was just so so well observed. So such a good comedy moment. And I can't imagine how you'd film that. I don't I have I know, no idea how you film that. You just film the whole thing from everybody's perspective and then edit it all together because you're also bringing in their reactions to actually switching as well. So I don't know how they did it, but it was really good. It was. It was superb. It was one of the best action sequences I've seen in a long time. Like, I, for me, anyway. It was so much fun as well. You know, you're so used to seeing action sequences the way they do them in Marvel, you know punch punch lots of money behind us lots of explosions this just added so much fun to it being not knowing exactly who was going to appear uh to punch the next kree or to well, get exactly. into the next battle yeah and there's a lot of fun 
you know, underlying this movie as a whole, there which is really is. good. And I think with that, I think yeah. we can move on to our third point, which is the musical party planet. <laughs> you know, the minute this started, I knew I was yeah. in a, a comedy movie, a fun comedy movie in Marvel. Comedy action, of course, but this is absolutely telling you what movie you're in. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I have to say... I was a little shocked. Right. It, I had to kind of get used to it. I was like, oh, are they really going here? Mm-hmm. And it was like, they did. They went there. And I'm glad that the king was bilingual so that he could speak. Right. Because I just Good thought, job, um, yeah, no, exactly. And I just, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so off the wall. And I mean, I say that because it's not, because we've seen musical episodes of different shows, mm-hmm. you know, like Buffy back in the day yeah. and or you know, using puppets or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Like but it, I, it felt like having it in a movie, this was really, really kind of different for for Marvel. Um, yes. It, but I loved it in the end. Yes, but I will say... I can absolutely see this in James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy. No, exactly. Like definitely. The, absolutely, you could see all the characters arriving on a planet where they have to sing, and then the joke <laughs> being that Groot can only sing I am Groot, or can only say I am Groot, something like that. So it doesn't feel out of place for the MCU. And if you have infinite possibilities, infinite uh, infinite realities, infinite characters, then a musical party planet does sound absolutely. like something that works really um, well. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I ultimately liked it, but I think there was the initial... <laughs> Uh, moment. I mean, I love Kamala Khan just sort of dancing oh. through the streets, sort of waving her arms, that going was like, so good. sort of trying to encourage uh, Monica to sort of get into the groove of it. Yeah. Um, I loved the thing is like, um, why are you not singing to Carol Danvers? Uh-huh. She is, I am. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and she's princess of this planet, so the she's obviously been here a few times. A Disney princess, no doubt. Absolutely, finally a Disney princess. Uh, but she's been here to this planet multiple times and married the uh, married the prince here um, to get him out of uh, some legal entanglements, as, uh, <laughs> as she says. Uh, I think this was just a lot of fun. And again, being that we enjoyed Miss Marvel so much, you know, they had that amazing dance routine in Miss Marvel, the TV show, where it was her um, brother getting married. They had the wedding yeah. scene. So it doesn't feel out of place for Kamala to no, be here in the streets dancing along with this awesome uh, pr- parade through the streets. She's really excited by it. it. Was, She's really it enjoying was it. really good. I think yeah. it's just more from the Monica and the Carol side exactly. that you're just like, going, okay, because, you know, Captain Marvel, the movie, was certainly a serious movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Monica in WandaVision, it was serious. She's a serious you know? character. Yeah, and we even hear, character. you know, when Carol's uh, calling her by her first name, she's like, no, no, it's Captain Rambeau. She's a serious person exactly. at the beginning of this movie. But again, it's the infectiousness of the joy that Kamala Khan exactly. brings to exactly. the whole movie that infects these characters as well. They do seem to have a lot of fun. Um I enjoyed it. I also liked, I, I suppose, the embarrassment of Carol Danvers that she has to kind of explain to these uh, to these people why she's bringing them to the planet. They need help from uh, from the prince uh, who's who she's married to, um, sort of. But it feels like Carol has to kind of fight through that embarrassment yeah. um, in front of these two uh, these two people of what what she's been doing out in space. Exactly, because ultimately, in terms of the 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 story as well, this is where Darben is coming to collect water for Halla mm-hmm. and to open up another jump point. So yeah. you know they're trying to slow her down. They're trying to get that cosmic band off her, and mm-hmm. um, and of course for the Aladners, I guess that's what you call this race. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all done in wonderful costumes, amazing, amazing yeah, costumes. Yeah. Uh, 
to song yeah. and uh you know they're trying to slow down uh Darben as mm-hmm. Carol, Monica, and Kamala look to enact a plan to try and slow her down, to yeah. stop her from opening up another jump point, uh, and to try and get the the cosmic band offer. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I, I thought this in the end was really, really good. It actually almost felt like in Thor: Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. being at Zeus's big assembly. Absolutely, uh, I yeah. thought yeah, it was really good fun. Similar style again, you know the the. The cosmic version of the MCU always seems to lean into the comedy a little bit when they uh, when they are able to go to, to different types of planets, right? So yeah. uh, so it makes it makes sense here. Uh, another big thing that happens on the planet of Aladdin, though, is we get the movie upgrade uh, for two of the characters' costumes. We get Miss Marvel getting her own costume here, um, including a uh, a scarf that she can use uh, in her attacks. Yes, I love yeah, that. I love that she was cool. like it's kind of like you know. When Why you go around with a tea towel, yeah. flicking someone, uh, uh, messing around. It was kind of like she was doing that, and I kind of loved it. And she's kind of going, uh, why do I have this stupid scarf on? Why, why have an annoying scarf? Use the scarf. <laughs> Use the scarf, Kamala. Uh, really good. Also, a great gag in there for um, for Monica Rambeau on her new costume, which is the uh, the comic book accurate costume, the white and black one with the yeah. star in the center of it. And it also has the kind of white like drapes or like silk that attaches from her hand to her shoulder which is the comic book accurate one but basically monica walks down one set of stairs and goes i'm getting rid of these and just rips them off <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, which is which is really good fun. Uh, yeah. so good yeah. yeah i think if you can't get through this moment if you watch this moment and go oh where are they going with this movie um you're probably not going to enjoy the rest of the film no i would say so i mean i have to say for a very brief moment i was like oh my goodness what's happening here because uh-huh. uh, i just didn't know how much singing was going to be involved mm-hmm. here but it is ultimately um a, a take on aladdin's world here. well yes you know? some kind of musical world absolutely yeah um and what happens on the planet is they don't actually save them um do they just leave them behind to die um they take all the water it's from ultimately the planet. taking their water yeah. at least it's not taking the atmosphere like like darben did on tarnax with the scroll because then mm. they can't breathe they're all gonna so, die so it wasn't. Although, will the scroll die? Because the scroll can survive quite a lot. We saw on in Secret Invasion they can live in in a nuclear uh, zone. Effectively, they can. But so. I think it was also the fact that the proximity of that jump point seemed mm. to be also bringing the sort of the mountains down on their new home. Yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. and city that they were trying, you know, starting to build. And mm-hmm. um, so, whereas here it was simply, it looked more that it was the water just coming uh, off planet. Mm. Not to say that they, they, you know, they wouldn't be able to survive that for much longer, yeah. but... They may be able to evacuate, I guess. Um, yeah, I, mm. I think it possibly... I think with the atmosphere one, it was almost creating vortices. So you, you see a number of ships sort of being pulled through mm. as well to Halla um, in that moment because of the proximity of where the jump point is to their uh, kind of new town mm-hmm. where the, the scrolls are. Here, it it just seemed to be lifting the water mm. because there was still a big... Then you have the big confrontation with Darben yeah. uh, on one of the Kree uh, ships mm. and... There's the airborne battle as well uh, as they they try to sort of still get the bands off uh, Darben. Yeah, yeah. So Darben is successful here. Yeah, you know the absolutely. traditional uh, mid movie success where the heroes fail uh, yes. at stopping her in her plan. Absolutely, she has air and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, she now needs the energy of uh, 
a son to uh, kickstart Haller's son. Uh, and of course, I think moving on to our fourth point, because it's linked in yeah. uh, with that, she goes to Earth. This is the big uh, sort of, you know, middle finger to Carol Danvers mm-hmm. here because it would ultimately destroy Earth. Yes. Um, and with the, the removal of the sun or mm-hmm. the energy of the sun yeah and so we see her coming here uh opening up so she she does manage to open up one of these rips in, in the uh jump points yep. and you see a trail from the sun starting and there is that slight dimming mm-hmm. that starts to happen and it begins to affect uh the the space station yes. here as well which yes. leads i think to probably uh one of the best moments in Marvel movie history. Well, absolutely. We haven't mentioned Goose at all, no, we the Flurkin. Um, <laughs> I, I like the introduction of Goose um, with Kamala when uh, she appears, looks at the cute kitty, and she's like, oh, and then he eats two Kree and deposits them in, in her home uh, later yeah, on. Yeah, basically so, leads to the big uh, fight yeah. through space with all the jumping uh, exactly. in Kamala's home. I also love her mum's reaction to the fact that this this flurkin or cat as she thinks mm-hmm. uh, has just vomited out to uh, fully grown uh, crees yeah. in her house. Exactly, exactly. But Goose is also on the station with uh, with Nick Fury and Kamala's family, um, and seems to be uh, laying some kind of egg. Yeah, I I definitely got another eighties callback here. This definitely seemed like the Gremlins, right? Yeah, um, suddenly these balls start to appear across the station. <laughs> uh, it looked like it, it looked like brains. Yeah. Um, just being deposited everywhere, mm-hmm. and all the all the people on uh, on the Saber space station are like, "What are these?" And yeah. then they're like opening up cupboards, and there's more of them in there. Mm-hmm. And then they begin to crack open. We've got some cute flirking kittens oh, uh, that pop out. The they really know their audience. This was uh, <laughs> this was definitely right on my wheelhouse. I was like, "Oh, gorgeous little cute flirkins!" Uh, and then you can see why Nia da Costa. Uh, was involved in horror. I mean, it's not <laughs> horror, horror, but it's just kind of um, a disgusting way of trying to evacuate the space station yeah. as, you know, the, the the immediate solar system is being affected mm-hmm. by uh, Darben's uh, plan. And you have to get all the, the personnel off the Sabre space station, yeah. which is beginning to sort of break apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except there aren't enough uh, sort of life rafts uh, on the space station. And we have, I think, one of the best moments for me ever where all the cute kittens, uh, (laughs) the idea is that they should gobble up all the the Sabre personnel so that they can actually fit in the escape pods. This just made me laugh so much. Um, (laughs) Really, really enjoyed it as they're almost stalking their prey, these little flurkin kittens (laughs) walking around, stalking all of them. And you hear the uh, the voiceover, uh, similar to Mars Attacks, actually. (laughs) The voiceover (laughs) going, don't worry, um, allow the flurkins to eat you. (laughs) They are just trying to transport you. They are our friends. (laughs) As As they're eating all of these, uh, all these people. Uh, I also love that the reactions of the engineers that work on Saber, they're not queuing up in a row to no, get absolutely. eaten by the flurkins. They're, they're running, running and scared. Yeah. They're running uh, for their lives. Yeah. Um, and they're having to be cornered by the flurking kittens. I love yeah. that. But it's also then just seeing Nick Fury trying to herd these kittens mm-hmm. onto the uh, escape pod. Yeah, you we know? are literally herding cats. It uh, literally is. Kamala's and mom. then uh, just the fact that when they get back down to Earth, you, you just hear mm-hmm. the... 
<laughs> and just these these technicians and saber personnel sort of just being vomited onto oh, the the grass. That's uh, so much fun. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I never knew I needed that with them, um, and yeah. I did, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And they did just enough. Yeah. It wasn't too much. It wasn't. Uh, it, it didn't go on for too long. It went on for just right, just the right amount of time. I guess um, that's what you do in editing, right? Uh, when you're when you're doing this movie or in the doing the CGI, you kind of go right. We just have one more flicking, uh, eating another technician. Yeah, just one more. Well, yeah, just one more. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, ultimately, the serious part of this section of the movie was mm-hmm. happening out in space, but you know, with Carol, Monica, Kamala, and trying to stop uh, Darben, yeah. who, um, you know, they feel as though they have done, you know, it's that kind of classic moment where you think you've gotten through to the bad guy mm-hmm. and that they may see the error of their ways, but instead um, they do a counterattack. You know, they look beaten and down and out, but do yeah. a counterattack and uh, Darben manages to get Kamala's band here. Yeah, but I... I- Absolutely felt that yeah. they were going to have that moment where uh, Darbem was being talked into yeah, uh, accepting the, the that Captain Marvel would uh, would help her. Yeah, um, me too. And I loved that I was so wrong with yeah. that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it was really good. It was really good. I just, I, it felt like that's the way they were going to go with this movie. You know, we had lots of CGI battles throughout the movie. It wasn't going to end in a big CGI battle, I thought. It was going to be Captain Marvel explains, I don't want to be the Annihilator. Kamala has given me an option here where I can help reignite the sun and then we can save the Kree. And Darben kind of going, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Right, let's go and do that. Yeah. And then she gets the other band and tries to rip the rip Sol out of our uh, out of our galaxy and uh, still send it through to the Kree. Going, oh, okay, so she is a bad guy then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's not willing to accept the, uh, the discussion and uh, peace talks uh, from Captain Marvel. Not at all. Um, and goes out to... Effectively, it's really, I think, to try and get the whole sun through, or at least yeah. to increase the flow of the energy that we do start to see. Mm-hmm. She goes out, but it's just too much power. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the moment where too much power um, didn't help at all because she yeah. wasn't able to control it. Now, interestingly, though, I didn't fully appreciate that they had, in, in the moment where she effectively turns to that glass. Mm-hmm that you see Kamala generate from her single band Mm -hmm. and her powers. Uh, You know, she turns to glass effectively and breaks up. Yeah. Uh, But I didn't realize that the jump point then had effectively torn fraught through to another universe initially. And I thought it had just torn through and and had created that extra power to bring the sun, and so they needed to patch it up. Otherwise, yeah. the sun and its energy would be transferred to Halla. Yeah, it seemed like they'd ripped a permanent hole between the two jump points, effectively. Yeah. This, instead of having this temporary one that's held open by the power that Darban has, and she could close it behind her because she's used the two of them, it just felt like she'd opened up a, a permanent yeah. hole between the two galaxies. But here we find out it's actually a hole between two universes. Yes. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we move on to... Um, those kind of wrap-up scenes afterwards uh, where we'll talk about the other universe as well in that. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with the battle with Darben and how it, how it closes out? No, not from me. 
okay, because the end of this really is Monica having to knit back together uh, that gap between the two universes and her being left on the other side. Um, she gets powered up by the combined power of Captain Marvel yeah, and Kamala Khan. By all powers combined. Exactly, exactly. They're no longer um, connected um, the way they were. They're not switching uh, as they use their powers. They're able to combine their powers now in a different way and they power up Monica so that she's able to knit the universe back together and she's left on the other side after reconnecting with uh, Captain Marvel. So I guess after this, there's no further Marvel's adventures. Um, the three of them aren't going to be teaming up in the no. future because uh, Monica's left on the other side of the galaxy. It is short-lived in that yeah. sense, yeah, this team-up, because Monica has been stranded, as you say, in another universe. Mm-hmm. And we have Carol um, sort of taking on board what Monica had said to her, that, mm-hmm. you know, you could have tried to use your powers to restart Halla's son. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that would have gone some way to reconciling what you had done Mm -hmm. um, after destroying the artificial intelligence. And with the loss of Monica to this other universe, you know, because she she does sacrifice herself. Uh, Carol is trying to get her back into her universe and mm-hmm. um, but she sac- she p- consciously sacrifices herself so almost in memory of that sacrifice uh, and yep. that loss she goes to Halle and flies into their son to use her powers mm-hmm. to reignite it and, and it, it seems to work yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and comes back to move into the old family home in Louisiana yeah. which we see Kamala and her family helping her move into the house yeah yeah i have a question go on was carol intending to give the house to kamala's family as a replacement for absolutely destroying their home in new jersey but yeah i I think i don't think i did really because it just wouldn't have made sense for kamala and her family to be suddenly in the middle of the bayou no uh in louisiana um i was kind of thinking but doesn't Monica already have this? So I, was, I almost felt it was a little presumptive that Carol could simply move all her stuff in there. And it's just like, she won't mind. She's in another universe. I probably won't ever see her again, you know. So I thought it was a little cheeky. But well, she, no, she, did... she says she's there waiting for Monica yes. to come home. She's taking care of the house while Monica's gone. So She's house-sitting. Uh, exactly, exactly. That, but that's what I thought. I, I wondered whether she was allowing uh, the cans to live in the house to take care of it while Monica was gone or maybe while their house was being refurbished. There's a couple of comments from um, Kamala's brother and from Kamala herself that it's quite quiet out here, isn't it? It's, you know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it makes it seem like a world away from uh, from New Jersey. Big time. Um, and yeah. it is, of yeah, course. Is. Uh, but I'm guessing that Sabre are going to uh, compensate them in some way. Uh, Nick Fury will compensate I'm sure uh, will. the the Khan family yeah. um, to rebuild their house, fix back up their home. Yeah, because yeah, you can't take Kamala Khan out of out of New Jersey, can you? No. I don't think no, so. No. Uh, but really interestingly, um, we also get that comment from her mom where uh, she's telling uh, Kamala. Um, it's time now, but I will never let you go. But I understand that you're now a hero. You have to go off and be able to be a superhero. Yeah. You can't uh, effectively. You, can, you don't have to have a curfew anymore. I guess <laughs> you well, don't have to it, yeah. come back at 10 p.m. anymore. You're a hero. I trust you, but I'll never let you go. Exactly, and I mean because at the start we still have a you know at Kamala saying you're doing your homework, aren't you? While she is doing all the drawing yeah. and the sketching in her bedroom. So you know, again, it is that. I mean, but. I don't think we've totally lost her mother being motherly to her not. because in a sense she is still at school. So, but she recognizes in, in the same way that 
Aunt May did with Peter Parker exactly. what she on you know that she needs to do this. Yeah, but don't they always say one of the big one of the big phrases is, you know, um once you become a parent, you're always a parent, right? Yeah, you can't, exactly. You can get any other job in the world, but once you're a parent, you're always a parent. So just like her mom, she will always be there. And I'm I hope we will see the cans back in the future. We said that when we watched the Miss Marvel TV show that we hoped that in the Marvels we'd see this family. They actually do play quite a central role in here. They do. Uh, they're not heroes, they're not doing anything massive, but trying to protect them on the space station is really important. This moment when they're helping Carol move into the house shows that they are also yeah. friends of Carol Danvers now. They they're all to working together. They their home as well, yeah. you know, because I mean in that fight you did see a few plush uh, cushions being thrown because they didn't know what else to do. They certainly did. Uh, so I, yeah, I mean it was great having this family in the middle of this action movie. I, I think that was also, you know, one of the great choices yeah. uh, for this movie. Exactly. And can I just check something? And I, I know we've only seen this movie once, and you may have the same question as I do, but all of those flirking babies that were being born from Goose, and uh, there's a comment from Kamala's mother that one of them looks like the cushion uh, from her house. So are they being born because Goose ate so much of their furniture, and that's Maybe. what has allowed him to to have these uh, younger flurkins. Like, what's called? I don't I know, know what's causing it, I but it's just know. the way she calls it out. Going, hang on a second, that's my that's my couch, and those are my cushions. I, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm really hoping that the Khan family adopts one of the kittens. Oh, I'm sure. They I will, would yeah. love for that to be the case. <laughs> a flirking on earth. A flirking on earth. Yeah. Uh, I do want to call that one final joke uh, from the cans as well uh, before we move on to the last point and the wrap-up, I suppose, of, of how it all ends. Um, I do love that moment when they're helping to move Carol's stuff in uh, and, and Kamala's mom, Maniba, is saying to her brother, Amir, um, this would be a great place for you and your wife to move to. Um, this would be perfect. Why don't you get a, get a place out here in the countryside? And he just takes the remote control out of a box and starts oh, trying to yeah, mute her with the remote control. That was so, so good. I don't know why. It just worked really well. Uh, the actor who plays Amir uh, Sagar Sheik um, is a comedian. Um, that's that's his normal job. He's a comedian and actor. So uh, I, re- I remember during Miss Marvel, they were saying that he does a lot of uh, improv yeah. uh, during the scenes. And he's always been a very funny character. So it felt like a little moment improv from him it was great uh, yeah. that was a great moment yeah, I thought that was really good fun i think it's something we've all done to our, one of our parents if not both exactly exactly <laughs> after we turn them off ah. <laughs> pause pause mute <laughs> but that kind of wraps up the main film um we do have a point five which is our end scene and our mid-credit scene and actually i thought you could probably push these one a mid-credit and one an end credit scene because the end of the movie is um Kamala Khan living her best life as Nick Fury. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> going out and uh, contacting Kate Bishop, who we last saw in Hawkeye. Yeah. I'm really pleased that Kate Bishop has been pulled into the MCU film world from <laughs> Hawkeye, the TV show. Yeah. Um, it was really good. And totally with you, the sense that this was like that first meeting of Nick Fury and Tony Stark mm-hmm. uh, was palpable here with Kamala Khan in the shadows yeah. uh, of Kate Bishop's little secret um hideaway and hq for mm-hmm. her uh superhero work um and i really really liked how you got you know also the reference that ant-man has a daughter yep. so just me and you but i think we should start a team there's others out there did you know ant-man has a yeah, daughter exactly <laughs> so i like this idea yeah. of you know 
and um, the the building of the young avengers here finally and, yeah. and uh, you know we've talked about it on the tv shows if you haven't listened to our podcast about those and um, they have introduced lots and lots of characters that uh, are members of the young avengers they introduced wanda's kids who will eventually become members of the young avengers uh, in she hulk we got uh, the son of hulk who uh, also becomes a member of the young avengers um of course kate bishop from the hawkeye show yeah. um and interestingly this is another handover from the TV shows to the movies. Uh, in the past, we've had the handover from the movies to the TV shows where we had Yelena Belova from Black Widow being yeah. sent to hunt Kate Bishop and the two of them eventually becoming friends. That's That was how she came into the Hawkeye TV show. And now we're having the handoff from Kate Bishop being pulled into the movies yeah, by uh, Kamala Khan here. Um, I just thought it was a lovely ending, really fun ending. And I love how ungraceful let's say how Kamala Khan is in her version of Nick Fury uh, when Kate's going to her how did you find out about me she goes um, from this uh, from this data pad I have here where was that on my couch <laughs> you know. exactly uh, yeah. and the, the the top that she was wearing seemed to be way too long in the arms for her or something the Kamala was wearing yeah really I don't know or maybe I'm just making that up but right. for some reason the silhouette didn't look right it didn't, I didn't. It, it looked like she was kind of in a coat that was way too big for her like whether she was trying to have some kind of you know spy uh, Mac on or whatever did she literally borrow Nick's uh, no, exactly. leather jacket I, I, but with only having seen the movie once I need yeah. to see that again but I just remember thinking she looks like she's just gotten out of bed or something rather you know it was like, but i mean i loved the whole scene like you say yeah. where did you get that from from between the sofa yeah. the cushions of the sofa so yeah. I, yeah i really really enjoyed uh this and yeah i'm really excited for young avengers as yeah well. whenever that may come uh that could be could be again be quite a while off, away yeah. but and we don't it's know whether it'll start. be a tv show or uh or a movie i wonder whether it'll be connected into the thunderbolts so we have the thunderbolts on one side and the young avengers on the maybe. other side yeah um, maybe yeah it's it's interesting we talked about it on our on our finale podcast for loki a lot of the movies from 2024 have been moved out to 2025 including the captain america movie the thunderbolts uh all supposed to be in 2024 so there will be a big pause for the major mcu movies the only marvel movie coming out next year is deadpool 3 so there'll be a big pause in connections yeah. to these movies and tv shows um so you wonder how they're going to play out it's going to be quite a while before we uh, before we see these characters back in anything at all you know we've got the echo tv show we've got agatha coven of chaos coming next year we've got potentially daredevil born again coming next year now that that may move out because they've stopped production or restarting production on that so um so it's interesting uh in the past we've usually had something that we could say this post credit scene or this end credit scene connects into something we can see in the future. Yeah. But right now, um, with so much being pushed out of 2024, uh, don't know when we'll see these characters again. Which is probably the same thing I'd say about the mid credit scene, where we have Monica Rambeau awakening in the other uh, the other universe with yes. with Beast. We mentioned earlier on Hank McCoy being there in the other universe, played yeah. by Kelsey Grammer, um, talking about the fact there is the professor charles xavier in another room um so this is the x-men that we uh, that we know and love uh in another universe i guess that's the way they're going to introduce the x-men they have been around for many many years just not in our universe yeah, in our absolutely. galaxy um it's a good way to introduce them and you have monica's mum there the as biggie, binary yes. yes yeah uh, but not knowing who she is mm -hmm. um you know so maria rambo is alive in another universe and doesn't know who monica rambo is exactly yeah, that's an interesting one isn't it it is an interesting yeah. one that has all potential 
manner of implications as to why that may be. In fact, not having the X-Men as well, you know, yeah. it it has implications um, for Earth-616, where the main MCU happens, mm-hmm. but, you know, why did we not have the X-Men? And again, it, it could all be leading up to the fact that, you know, in a sense here as well, this links to the incursion um end credits or post movie scene from Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yes, it does. You know, uh, where we see him and Clay and she's asking for his help around the incursions. Mm-hmm. So we have these threads beginning to form mm-hmm. and to connect and pull things through. I mean, in particular, uh, with the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, where we mm-hmm. have that post-film scene with Doctor Strange and Clay, mm-hmm. um, who is the daughter of Dormammu, mm-hmm. uh, asking for his help to deal with incursions. Where yes. This is where you have uh, different universes coming through and and joining up with other universes, mm-hmm. effectively a destructive process. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we did talk about earlier on when we were talking about this split that Darben had created, thinking that when we were watching it first, it was just a permanent split between uh, one part of the galaxy to the other yeah, exactly. jump points. Actually, what's happening here is she split into another universe, which could cause an incursion, as they're called in the comics, and as you mentioned in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, if an incursion happens, one universe is colliding with another universe, and both will be destroyed, or one will be absorbed by the other. Um, not always the same every time, but if they come in, they will destroy each other. We saw even one of those in Doctor, in Doctor Strange, the one that had the um, the really evil Doctor Strange on it, was a, a, a universe that had had an incursion happen on it, and everything had been destroyed apart from Doctor Strange himself. So um, so we've seen incursions before a little bit. They've been talked about before in Doctor Strange, but here we're seeing uh, Monica able to knit the uh, the gap between the two universes back together so that the incursion doesn't happen, which yeah. is another interesting uh, use of her powers, right? And I feel that my sort of long-standing theory, mm-hmm. uh, certainly after Multiverse of Madness around incursions, yep. and given that we now have a title for a movie, Avengers Secret Wars, mm-hmm. uh that yes, we will have possibly in Avengers Secret Wars, we will have the introduction of Fantastic Four there and potentially their big villain, Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also Secret Wars it links to the comic uh, series of the same name, which is all about incursions that ultimately end up with there just being a single universe left. Uh, Because all of those universes are knitted together to make one universe, yeah, Um, as Uh, as the incursions are happening. So the incursions themselves are allowed to happen to destroy other universes, not the 616 or the ultimate universe where the Fantastic Four are. That's what's happening, and eventually... Um, as they can't stop all of these happening, uh, they are all knitted together, and that's that creates this battle world, this one world where loads of different universes are all together. So, um, I hope that I hope we explained that uh, well enough that it's not too confusing. But it's interesting that they're referencing all of this stuff, yeah. setting lots and lots of stuff up, because in a movie as fast paced as the Marvels, with lots and lots going on, um, it's really easy to miss how much is actually being told in uh, Easter eggs and in nods to things that are coming and things that have gone in the past as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So very cool. Excellent. Uh, Derek, any notes from this movie to finish us off? 
Yes, I wanted to jump back uh, to the joke we'd mentioned earlier on with Kamala trying to give uh, names to uh, to Monica Rambeau, um, because in the comic books, Monica has probably had more titles than anybody else. She has <laughs> Captain Marvel, and we know she's Captain Rambeau here, so she's almost Captain Marvel. Um, but throughout this kind of game that Kamala Khan is playing during the, the movie, she does call out some of the names that Monica Rambeau has gone by in the comic books, like Photon and Pulsar and Spectrum, uh, as possible uh, titles for Monica Rambeau to take on. So... Yeah, uh, I do think it's a really good fun uh, Easter eggs that you can have as uh, Kamala's trying to uh, pick up something from the light powers that you could call her. Because I presume, given that she's had that many names, that's what the writers have gone through a few times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, the other thing to mention is we do see Valkyrie here as well, who uh, takes uh, King Drogue uh, and the Skrulls uh, to New Asgard, yeah. I'm guessing. A little, t- um, a little uh, appearance from Tessa Thompson, yeah, the, the exactly. new King of Asgard, yeah. Doing a favour for Captain Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so quite cool to see uh, Tessa Thompson in here as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's it. I think that's it for our notes and and, uh, and our discussion about the episode. Overall then, John, do you defend the Marvels? I do. I'd give this um, four and a half uh, cute kitty flirking monsters out of five. <laughs> I, I really, really like this film. Um just how it made me feel coming out of the cinema. I was mm-hmm. like buzzing. Uh, it was great fun. It was, you know, had its emotion. It had issues to work through, some fantastic fight scenes. It introduced, you know, uh, munching, flirting, flirting kittens as a way of escaping a, a space station yep. that is uh, rapidly uh, sort of breaking apart, uh, which I never knew I needed. Absolutely. Um, Do you know how many people would have been saved on the Titanic if they just had flirting instead well, of exactly. a couple of, of lifeboats? Well, no, because then the kittens would have drowned. <laughs> no, they've been the lifeboats. Well, that's true. Yes, yeah, yep. of course, of course. Same analogy. <laughs> of course. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I loved uh, Aladdin in the end. Uh, uh-huh. I think that was the bit that I, you know, possibly just needed a little time to sort of relax into. But mm-hmm. in the end, that whole sort of form evading it, you know, coming from Kamala and her her family mm-hmm. uh, really pervaded through this and connected with Carol and, and Monica, even though like on Aladdin, it was almost their uh, discomfort at what was happening uh, compared to Kamala's sort of joy and joining in Absolutely. with everything that, that made that really special. Um, I thought the fight sequence uh, where they're all shifting uh, in space and as they use their powers was just absolutely phenomenally good uh really enjoyed that mm-hmm. um i think again connecting into p- future movies uh new you know uh new avengers and of course x-men mm-hmm. um yeah really important glad to start seeing these threads um who would have thought we'd seen it here yeah exactly and in the way we do another universe like another cool. universe so i really just felt this was a great movie almost standalone in a sense even yeah. though i'm saying there's all these connections and mm-hmm. um, i i just really loved all of the the performances i mean i think iman Vellani is absolutely fantastic Star. here yeah. uh she is so so good and brings mm-hmm. kind of the heart and soul of this movie i think With that um, and i mean so does carol and monica but in different ways yeah. but i think the 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 fun the lightness um was just brought by uh kamala khan and her family and i'm so glad that 
her family were interwoven. It feels to me from having watched Miss Marvel and now this, you know, in some respects, you want to keep that association of the two. It's like mm-hmm. they there needs to be both Kamala doing her own thing, yeah. absolutely, but it always needs to touch base back with um her family it's in the same vein as spider-man and i think that's what makes it so powerful and great to see here uh so yeah for me uh four and a half cute flirk and kitty monsters out of five (laughs) fantastic derek do you defend the marvels i really do and i'll go a step further than you john if this movie didn't have a man villani in it it would be completely different and I'm not even sure mm-hmm. I would I would get above the three out of five for me. I think it goes over four and close to five. It is so much fun. It is really enjoyable. She's not the only thing that's important, but her interplay with all of the other yeah, characters absolutely. and the fun and joy that she brings to the scenes that she's in really give it that extra oof to make it a really enjoyable night out at the cinema. I haven't ha- laughed this much in the cinema for quite a while. <laughs> I thought it was really, really enjoyable. Um, there's so many fun sequences. The as you say, that the, the flirting sequence is really good. The way they've introduced the fighting between the three of them interchanging powers made me almost wish that this was a permanent situation that we would have always Captain Marvel, Spectrum, and uh, and Ms. Marvel able to switch powers across the galaxy every time they use the powers at exactly the same time. You know, they have some kind of synchronization watches yeah. that, that they keep on them at all times where they go, oh, Kamala's using her powers right now. I can't use them for another 10 seconds, you know, or I can and we can interchange between each other. We can, I wish, I kind of wish that could, could stay forever because it worked so well. Yeah. But then the idea that they are able to support each other, that they're able to combine their powers at the end, one for Monica to be able to seal that rift between the two universes and secondly for Captain Marvel to take inspiration from the other two with their powers combined to reignite uh, the sun. So while not technically combining their powers, combining the advice and the support that she's getting from uh, the other two, I thought was a really, really great way uh, to close out this movie. But wow, did it go at a pace. It was just flying by me so quickly. And uh, we were out of the cinema in about an hour and 40 minutes, uh, including ads. And I was shocked. (laughs) You know, uh, it just seemed to go by so fast, so quickly. But that's what you need sometimes. Yeah. You could have added an extra hour to this movie explaining all the little details, um, putting in all the other connections, adding in other characters, spending time sitting down chatting. But they wanted to do this movie fast. Uh, They wanted to leave you breathless by the end. And I think they did a great job. I think it was really good fun. A really good action comedy one like I haven't seen since the 80s. So uh, great fun. Excellent stuff. Will we hear what some of our fellow defenders say about the movie, John? Yes, absolutely. Let us get into our feedback section. First up, we have an email in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow list defenders. Went into this expecting fun as nothing says fun like a 90-minute runtime, like an 80s callback. And it was linear, simple, understandable, yet detestable villain, character conflict with resolution, a superhero team-up, and almost everything tied in a neat bow in the end. As I'd expected, Kamala made a dude's rug out of herself, really tying the movie together. What I hadn't expected was this more accessible and welcome version of Carol. Nick served the plot well by staying out of the way, and we've got mutants, specifically one long-missed, and for me, best version of everybody's favourite blue beastie. Mm. What's not to like? Neither the brightest gem in the MCU gauntlet nor the dimmest, but solid entertainment. The single issue I have with the movie is their non-revisit to the water planet. 
Is our singing prince ruling over a desert planet now? Four flocks of full flurkins, bundled bangles and tossed salads and scrambled eggs out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. P.S. Could Secret Invasion, when passed through the filter of this movie with Scrolls and Other Planets, be considered an alternate timeline adventure? That's an interesting question, Coffee and Vodka. I don't think so. I think Secret Invasion does take place because um, we had that mention from Talos of Emperor Drogue on the other planet with the other colony yeah. of Scrolls. that your options are either you come to Earth or you go to his colony, which we see here. Emperor Drogue is in cooperation with the Kree, so there's a lot of scrolls that may not want to cooperate with the with the Kree after the war that's happened, so they would naturally choose to go to Earth. So actually I think it expands on what happened there with uh, with yeah. Secret Invasion. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say it's in the same timeline for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but as well, Coffee and Vodka, I kind of suspect that our singing prince, yes, he could be ruling over uh, a desert planet, but mm. I think he will go to their highly uh, valued national treasure, which is a lamp, and probably give it a rub in order to get yeah. uh, a wish from a genie. <laughs> um, we want our oceans back. Maybe. I wish our oceans back. Maybe, or else um, it had to be in a constant feed, and now that Carol has sorted out the Cree home world, maybe she stopped that feed uh, before it turned into a desert planet. Like, a well, lot of water would have to travel from an entire planet. It would, um, but so, I mean... Yeah. I guess that was still going on. It wasn't instantaneous. So, yeah. may, you know, and to Coffee and Vodka's serious point, at the end of the day, these two um, time jump kind of holes mm-hmm. were not filled back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's like, right, ocean is full now in Hala, therefore mm-hmm. it closes back up. I think um, you would need to somehow go and close them back up. Yeah. Uh, I presume Kamala could do that in a way. she had both bangles, right? Yeah, presumably with yeah. the bangles, maybe. Who knows? Mm. But, yeah, we don't see that. And, I mean, possibly he is on a desert world because it would still be going, but it would take a while. Let's hope that. And, right? yeah, I, I guess that is the thing with quick-paced, short run times that sometimes not everything is covered off, mm-hmm. but it also, in a sense probably doesn't need to be um i guess and it and if not in this movie it will be done at some other point in time maybe if um, we ever yeah. revisit aladna <laughs> if we ever go back to the uh, to the dancing singing planet uh, in the future yeah. uh, that's where they bring kate, uh, kate bishop um Kamala wants to show her the universe and takes her off to the dancing singing planet. Maybe yeah, that's the way for, to for sure. <laughs> uh, but completely agree with all your other points as well. I just think this was really good um, sort of entertainment yeah. uh, for me. Yeah, I can definitely see us watching uh, Miss Marvel again and playing this directly afterwards. Uh, the next time uh, we we run through the whole show. Uh, speaking of things that are sometimes missed, uh, the movies we didn't mention it uh, in uh, in the discussion on the episode here. But I did notice at the end of the movie, even though effectively the goal was to get Kamala both bangles um, where they took out Darben and got both bangles back and she puts the two of them on from the point that Kamala puts the two of them on to the end of the movie I don't think you see both of them on her arms she's back to just one when she's talking with her family again which I thought was a bit of a surprise Um, yeah I guess so I mean I think the thing is though from Kamala's side that bangle that she had mm -hmm. was from her nana Yes. So there's something special that, and she may feel, I don't need the two. It that doesn't, you know, I have these powers. It could be that she has the other cosmic band ready in case she needs to really, you know, further power up. I think the other interesting thing, we do see her go into 
and get the gigantic hand as yes, well. Yes, we do. At yeah. this point, to bring back Carol and the Bangles mm-hmm. uh, after uh, Barden ha- has killed herself and um, Monica has been lost to the other universe. Yes. But uh, that's the only time we see her use her sort of gigantic power uh, by creating a gigantic hand. Yeah, in the movie here, that was quite cool. It's much, much more like her powers in the comic book. So good yeah. stuff. Uh, over on Facebook, we have a bit of feedback as well, John. Yes. Uh, first up, Philippe Gergel Florencio says, Marvel needs to put Iman Vellani in all shows, films, headquarters, McDonald's, etc. <laughs> I've recently rewatched Captain Marvel and I enjoyed it more than when I watched it in 2019. But the main issue of Captain Marvel so far was that she was too tough. Iman's Kamala has such a nice vibe mm. and her charisma is so intense that even Captain Marvel feels charismatic in this one as well. <laughs> also, what was that post credit scene? Has Marvel really hit the, in case of trouble, press this button? As I said in the Loki post, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. I think uh, here, these two post-movie uh, scenes are New Avengers and the the X-Men mm-hmm. being introduced into the MCU. Absolutely. We knew the X-Men was coming uh, for yeah. a couple of years since uh, since Marvel got the rights back from Fox, of course. Um, but I don't think it's an in-case-of-trouble-press-this-button um, type of situation for Marvel. It's a great way of introducing the X-Men, if you think about it, because then you can have established X-Men already out there you don't have to start out with everybody as x-men babies uh, yeah. you know you can say wolverine is already 30 40 100 years old uh, like he is in the comics when he joins the x-men you don't have to explain why he hasn't appeared uh, throughout the history of the mcu yeah. now you can say uh, those characters all of the x-men exist in another universe and now you're going to bring the two together um, yeah. is what i think is going to happen and i think the other thing as well you know we did kind of say well the x-men are in that that universe uh, and not so much in the current one but in miss marvel we do hear that kamala is a mutant and um, that is what is called out that yes that she has a mutation yes she has a mutation yeah and um, so and it's just really that the x-men haven't formed potentially because this isn't widely understood yeah. um in terms of the powers and and why they have them and mm-hmm. um, it's it's been from that traditional superhero, you know, bite of a spider yeah. or an experiment gone wrong or or what have you. Yeah. So, um, you know, actually the hint of mutants has been laid for the MCU with Miss Marvel. Yes, because as you can see, she is able to use her powers, as you mentioned, the growing of the of the massive yeah. light hand without the bangle, which we thought originally in the first couple of episodes of the show you thought the bangle were giving her the powers but actually she has the powers uh, within her as a mutant so yeah yeah. so um yeah good stuff philippe thanks uh, so much for the feedback absolutely and finally uh yes doug green also says i loved it i agree with philippe iman is adorable charming and perfect for the part of kamala yeah she does just softens just, everything yeah. around her uh, and makes it so much fun doesn't she, she yeah. softens it she heightens it yeah. um she infuses it with fun like you say mm-hmm. you know it she is just so good here um it's such a casting choice for me um, and really it, it's kind of you know it, it's the alchemy of casting mm-hmm. they've just hit upon a a pure nugget of green absolutely and and apparently just so much fun on set um she is she is 
just geeking out about Marvel with the director, Nia DaCosta. Uh, great fun on set. She had great fun with Brie Larson as well. Uh, apparently, Brie Larson was the first person to call her to congratulate her on getting the role of uh, of Miss Marvel before anybody else uh, called her from the MCU. It was uh, a call directly from Brie Larson because she's so excited for um, her to join this world. So, uh, Amanda Valette has been great. I can't wait to see her being able to do a bit of press uh, for this movie as well. I know she went out to uh, to Times Square at about two minutes past midnight uh, when the actor strike finished just to go and say hello to everybody that was watching the Marvels in the cinema. So uh, she's as excited as everybody else, but just hasn't been able to talk about it. So uh, I, yeah. I want to see uh, all these guys doing the press tour, uh, being able to talk about them. Did you see some of the press tour for this uh, for the movie, John? No, 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 I didn't really catch it, to be honest. Because one of the things I really liked was they were leading into the Flerkins on the press tour. They had um, the uh, kitten actor who was playing Goose uh, answering questions for the movie. <laughs> and at the premiere, they also had um, a kitten cafe um, live where you could go and play with uh, with the kittens. Oh, very cute. Well. The cool only thing that? I did see was that this new Sphere thing in Vegas mm. had Goose projected on onto its surface um uh which was pretty cute you had the laser dot that it uh-huh. followed around and sort of an explosion of tentacles uh being sort of shown on this sphere in vegas so i thought that was really good uh, so cool very cool excellent stuff that's it for our coverage of the marvels thanks so much for those of you who are able to get your feedback in i hope you enjoyed the marvels as much as we did but we have covered loads of other stuff on the podcast in case there's something else that might tickle your fancy as well we've just finished covering marvel's loki season two all six parts of that show uh, finishing off this week and we'll be back in the multiverse with marvel's what if season two yes. coming up in december uh, the animated uh, second season of that show uh, really looking forward to seeing what, they, what stories they'll cover in, in uh, the second season of what if um, there, as I mentioned earlier on, there will only be one MCU movie in 2024, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman coming to the MCU in Deadpool 3, as the rest of the MCU movies have all moved to 2024, including um, Captain America Brave New World, Blade and the Thunderbolts, all moving into 2025 yeah. from 2024. And our next live action MCU show will be the TV show Echo, mm-hmm. uh, with all episodes releasing on the 10th of January, yeah. 2024. Five episodes of that show. Uh, they recently did the premiere um, uh, of... They recently did a screening of the first couple of episodes uh, of the TV show Echo, but all five episodes coming out on the 10th of January, 2024. And we just seen the trailer for it last week. Um, really cool trailer. Yeah, Very really much good. like uh, the Netflix uh, Defenders show, which is where we started out with our Defenders podcast as well uh, for our Marvel podcast. So uh, we have a lot of affinity with uh, with those Netflix uh, Daredevil and, and Defenders shows. So uh, very interested to see what they'll do with Echo now. Yeah, excellent stuff. Great stuff. Lots of other stuff. If you want to subscribe to the podcast on tvpodcastindustries.com, you get access to all the other shows that we're covering, things like uh, Gen V, The Boys, uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, and of course, all the Marvel TV shows, yeah. uh, including Secret Evasion, Miss Marvel, and uh, WandaVision. Yeah, and we also covered Good Omens as well. We if did. you like a bit of that as well, yeah, something completely different. Exactly, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yep, fellow defenders, thank you for joining us for the movie podcast and going into the Marvels. Until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Higher, further, faster, baby. Bye. Bye.